Are you still thinking about how you're going to effectively compete with neobanks? Well, why not steal some of their best ideas? Let's, let's rob a page from their playbook. Stay tuned and find out more. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Innovation Driven Growth Podcast. Here we examine what enables true creativity, how to convert ideas into innovation, and seek out what ignites enterprise-wide growth. I'm your host, entrepreneur, strategist, and muser of metacognition, David Peterson. Now, in a recent podcast, I was talking about neobanks. These are third-party fintech companies that pretend to be a bank by offering a robust digital banking platform. If you haven't listened to that podcast, you should access it from a link in the show notes. It might be better if you listen to that episode before this one. So let me summarize. A neobank creates a compelling argument to some targeted group to move away from their traditional bank and to come, quote, bank in quote, with them. The argument is that the traditional bank is not providing the level of service that is expected, but the neobank will. And typically, the neobank will market to a specific demographic. Let's say they're targeting young millennials or Gen Zs that are active with online gaming or potentially going after new business owners. Their messaging and even their online banking mobile apps are branded and functionally oriented specifically to that target demographic. So it's not hard to see why this approach might be initially successful. The real question is whether there is sustainability to the neobanks beyond their initial novelty. Which brings me to the latest news of one of these neobanks called Brex. Now, there's an informative article that highlights the information that I'm about to present by TechCrunch, and you'll find the link to that article in the show notes. Now, Brex launched all the way back in 2017 with a specific purpose of focusing on serving startup companies. Now, I would say that helping new companies get their start is a very laudable goal. And since many traditional banks are woefully lacking in small to medium business specific banking features and don't even price services tailored to SMBs, it's not hard to see why Brex might have good success. Shoot, a lot of banks have struggled banking startup companies because they, they don't have very good financials. They're, they, they, just may, they just may not be bankable. At the beginning of 2022, Brex had grown to 1,100 employees, had 100% revenue growth over the previous year, and had received $300 million of venture capital funding, and they were valued at 12.3 billion dollars with a B, 12.3 billion. Now, it sure sounds like they were pretty successful, right? Well, not so fast. The article points out that in June of uh, the previous year, Breck sent out a message to the very startup SMBs that it was purported to help that they had until August 15th to close their accounts. Huh? They sent out a message in June that they had till August 15th to close their accounts? Yeah, that's right. They determined that after a strategic evaluation of the profitability of its service, that it's now less suited to meet the needs of smaller customers. Interestingly, Breck's founder insisted the company is still focused on assisting startups. 
However, the new profile of who would qualify as a Brex customer now included a requirement that the business has some type of, quote, professional, end quote, funding. The result? Tens of thousands of Brex accounts are being essentially told, we have a pool, we have a pond, we think you should go swim in the pond. <laughs> Shameless Caddyshack reference, sorry. The article suggests that the main reason it was ditching non-VC-backed startups was due to its need to reduce its overall risk. However, I suspect that since Brex was never profitable, it's figured out that it cannot make a profitable business by losing money on every customer, but making it up in volume. So if you're a traditional financial institution, what does this kind of mean for you? Well, I would say maybe two things. If you know businesses in your service area that were enticed to open an account at Brex, then you should be targeting them to open accounts at your institution. Go after them because Brex is telling them to leave. Secondly, you need to examine your startup company slash small to medium business service offerings and determine whether what you are offering would be sufficient to bank a startup and then hold them as a customer even when the next Brex or similar type of neobank comes out with a flashy marketing campaign. Now that means that you have a digital banking platform that is not placing your small to medium businesses on your consumer mobile, mobile banking platform. Conversely, you're not forcing SMBs onto your high-end treasury online service, which has both way more features than a small to medium business needs and a higher, likely unreasonable monthly price point. The best option for your institution is to have a system that has all the features that an SMB might need while allowing you to tailor the actual services on a business by business basis. Does every SMB need to do a full load of ACH files or to create outbound wires every day? No. But some SMBs need to create an ACH file and or wire occasionally. And if they do, it is likely that the volume and velocity of these will be small. Now, if a business needs to do a quarterly wire transfer, well, your system should enable that with proper controls, protect the bank and the business against any unauthorized wires that might be attempted that fall outside of the cadence of wires suitable for that particular business. Now, separate from the specific elements of the digital banking platform, community banks should consider building services that are targeted to assisting an individual to actually get a business started. Now, this could uh, include elements like a checklist of all steps necessary for a business to start in your locality, periodic classes offered to assist new business owners to understand the accounting and other standard business practices, access to retired business professionals that are associated with the bank who can serve as mentors to new business startups. You can host specific events periodically where uh, in the bank, startups can learn from speakers that are brought in by the bank as well as network with other new business owners solving problems. And specific training classes that help the new businesses understand how to effectively use the digital banking options you've made available to them. Now, that list of five things is by no means comprehensive. Depending on your location and the type of likely companies that you're trying to attract, your specific list would be tailored towards that target group. The main point is this. Your non-interest service revenue is heavily weighted to business customers. So you have a vested interest in getting more business customers. 
And you can use your calling officers to try and get existing businesses to switch from their institution to yours. Or you can create a program where you're effectively growing new business customers. And if you were successful in creating just such a program, then you would not only be providing a valuable benefit for the communities you serve, but you would likely become a service that would become known to individuals interested in starting new businesses. It would become a differentiator, separating you from competitors that could well be a magnet for new startup business accounts. Now, at the end of the day, there's a reason that an SMB would be enticed to accept an offer to bank with a neobank. The challenge is to examine your marketing and your service offerings and ensure that you're making the cogent argument to those current or future business customers such that they know that your institution is providing a level of service targeted to their unique needs and that mitigates any interest in them looking for some shiny, bright online banking option. In effect, you don't need to start your own neobank. You should just market your services as if you were a neobank. It will take concerted and concentrated effort. The payoff would be new business customers that will pay fair fees for the valuable services you offer. And I think that's worth it. Thanks again for investing your valuable time listening to the Innovation Driven Growth Podcast. I covet your questions, comments, or critique. You can reach me at david at davidpeterson.com. I'm also on Facebook at DP Speaks and everywhere else on social media at DLP Speaks. I look forward to hearing from you and be sure to look for a new episode soon.